the best version of you. You hear me talk about it a lot, but where is it? Well, it's all the way back at one, all the way back under the layers and layers and layers of masks and habits and protection that you've put in place to hide behind when it comes to using your voice that you thought you needed, that you thought would keep you safe. Well, you had somebody aiding and abetting the process. It was your subconscious. But now it's time to get back to one. Now it's time to start showing up as the best version of who you really are. I've got a really cool story for you today. We're talking about serving your purpose and finding your one. I think you're going to like this episode, and I don't want you to miss a minute. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you with me today. And I've got a great episode for you. Today, I'm going to tell you a story, a story about purpose and finding your voice and using your voice and doing your thing your way, which is really in line with that, finding the best version of you. Now, quick reminder, masterclass training, three free days, hours, time with me coming up in late August. Go to CaptivateTheRoom.com forward slash masterclass and sign up. It's really, it's a cool training. I teach a principle and so much more from each of the pillars of psychology of the voice, confidence, connect, and captivate. It's hands-on coaching. You do homework videos. I give you feedback on them. It's really a, people are always stunned at what the experience is and they love it so much. I don't want you to miss out if you've not done it before. So make sure you get on that list and That's the waiting list, depending on when this episode rolls out, or you may go ahead and get the initial email, but don't miss it. It's coming up. I do it three times a year, and the next round will be late August, mid to late August, I think. Today, I want to talk about a story that I've told bits and pieces of before. You, Depending on how long you've been a listener, you've possibly heard this story And I want to tell this story again, but with with something, I've added a part to it because I recently was on a podcast interview and I do a lot of podcast interviews. And this is an amazing, amazing show called Play Your Position. The woman that interviewed me, it's her show. Her name is Mary Lou Kaiser. Fantastic interviewer. One of the best I've ever had. And I made this and I told this story And in the process of telling this story, she pointed something out so profound to me. I hadn't even seen it until she pointed it out. And there's a lot of value packed into this story for you. If you are struggling with purpose, struggling with 
trusting your way, trusting that you have the words, trusting that you know what you're talking about, using your voice to share your message in a big, bold way. If you're struggling with that in any, any realm whatsoever, you definitely want to hear this story. If you are hiding behind masks, if you are trying to be what you think people want you to be, if you are relying on tone, if you are trying to get the words right, if you are not showing up as yourself, not showing up as the best version of yourself, if you're saying all the words the same, if you're playing small, if you aren't speaking up, if you're thinking, well, any of the noise that you could be buying into, if you're doing anything other than showing up and serving your purpose in a big, bold way, this story is for you. And yes, everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a system, a methodology, a concept based on their own experience. And for so many of my people, they are tentacles out. They are people pleasers. They are, well, I've got to do what I think that they want me to do. I have to do it the way the world teaches me. In fact, the whole concept of tentacles out I did an episode on this, is the way the world teaches you to be. And I fell into that trap myself in the very early years of my career. Now, this isn't going to be the story about how I was Jonah in the belly of the whale and I was refusing to be a voice coach. That was the the part of the story when I was about 20. And I, I don't know, maybe I'll talk about that story some. But I want to talk today about when I left voice coaching. I was in New York. I had already worked with a ton of people, hundreds of people. I'd been doing this for a number of years. I I was teaching at at Mike Nichols Conservatory in New York. I was working with executives. I I was voice coaching, but I was doing it more in line with the way I thought I was supposed to do it and less in line with the way I knew I had to do it. I knew from, I don't know, probably 12 years old that I could, that I was, well, I didn't know I was a voice intuitive. I didn't know that I was clairaudient. I didn't know that I could identify sounds as how they're being processed in the listener's subconscious. I didn't know all that. I had to figure all that out, but I could hear voices and I could navigate voices and I knew what they meant and I knew how to fix them by the age of 12. That's why I became an award-winning speaker at an early age. That's why I became an actor at an early age. That's why I had award-winning shows that I directed at an early age. It was all voice. That's what all my accolades were about. But I literally thought people would think I was crazy if I said, yeah, this is what I hear. The way that I coach now. So I was getting people results and I was doing psychology of the voice hadn't really been formulated yet, but I was much more technical in my teaching. I relied on on technique. I relied on techniques of the masters and I trusted myself less. 
I had studied under the greatest voice masters of our time. Not one of them's full methodology ever resonated with me. In the, in the voice world, there are masters. And not even in voice, there's in acting, there's masters, you know, are you, but back to voice, are you doing the Skinner methodology or the Lessac methodology or the Feldenkrais methodology? And I studied under all of them, all of them. And not one of them totally lined up with me. I, I could, I wasn't what they call a purist. I couldn't just teach Lessac. I couldn't just teach Skinner. And it was because of psychology of the voice needed to be born and the way that I can process sound subconsciously from the subconscious of the listener, that that's why I couldn't 100% line up with technique because it created a disconnect in my head. It created a block, a barrier, an on, a safety. There were, you know, all the things that now is psychology of the voice were problematic for me in those methodologies. Now, that's not saying I'm criticizing those methodologies. I think they're all great. I just couldn't get in line with them. So I was teaching bits and pieces of technique I was relying a little bit on my ear. I mean, on on what I could hear. I was 100% relying on my ear. But I really struggled with telling people what I heard. And a lot of it was because I thought they would think I was crazy or I would offend them. So I'm teaching voice. I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm getting people results, but it was eating me alive because I couldn't really teach the way I teach now. The ideas were there. Everything wasn't formulated. And so while I was showing up and teaching every day and getting people results, there was a part of me that was holding back. There was a part of me that was playing small in relation to what I could hear and what I could do. And it ate at me, and it ate at me, and it ate at me. I didn't realize what a gift this was until I got to the other side of what I'm about to tell you. And when I got to the other side of it, I tested it, and I created psychology of the voice, and I, res- I just researched it, and it was just it was wild how much I discovered and how locked in I got and how I have taught for the last 20, 30 years. So all of this is happening when I'm younger, right? I didn't know that thought leaders around the world were going to call me their secret weapon because of this ear that I did not want to share because I thought people would think I was crazy. So it ate at me and it ate at me and it ate at me and I could still hear these granular sounds and I could still know what I needed to say and... I couldn't do it anymore. And I walked away. I said, I can't do this anymore. Because while I was serving people, there was a part of me that said, I am not serving people unless I bring my ear into this and really tell them how they're being processed. But I didn't fully even understand that's what it was at that moment. And I said, I'm done. This is eating me alive. I'm done. And I stopped answering the phone. I stopped taking calls. This is before social media. I mean, this was years ago. And people kept calling me 
kept leaving me messages. Hey, this is so-and-so. I'm the CEO of such-and-such. Nope, didn't call him back. Didn't return the call. I'm not teaching voice anymore. Opened a furniture refinishing business with my super of my building, who happens to still be one of my best friends to this day. And he had the muscles and he would help me collect all of this incredible furniture. So at one point, one time we had Ames furniture from, you know, it was that whole style. So for about three months, maybe a little bit longer, I don't remember exactly how long it was. It may have been six months, but it, it was no longer than six months. We would collect this furniture and I would refinish it. I knew how to do this from undergraduate school. My undergraduate degree is in directing. And one of the classes I had to, I had to take a lot of painting classes, a lot of set building and set design. And I, I knew how to paint marble. I knew how to do all this stuff. I don't know if I could do it anymore. This was years ago. But we would, we would get this furniture and he would help me carry it because well, I was strong. He was really strong. And I would sp spend hours in this tiny New York apartment sanding and sanding and stripping away all the layers of paint and varnish and stain that had been put on this furniture over the years. We got old pieces, you know, people, things that people were throwing out. I mean, sometimes I bought pieces, but it was layers and layers and years and years of paint and stain. And I would sand and I would sand and I would sand and I wouldn't answer the phone. And I would all day long sand furniture almost to the point of physical exhaustion because it was really hard work. We had a warehouse and I'd go back and forth to the warehouse and I'd work over there sometimes, but there was always a piece in my apartment that I was sanding and sanding and sanding. And I told this story on Mary Lou's podcast. And I said, when I would get all the layers and layers and layers of things that were not really true to what that piece was originally built as, then I could bring it back to its original intention. I could bring that piece back to what it originally was born to be, what it originally looked like before all the layers of paint and layers of stain and layers of all of it. And then we would sell them. And it was really, really fun. And I really liked it. And it was, that's the strongest I've ever been in my life. And the phone would keep ringing and the phone would keep ringing. And I refused to look at how I knew I had to teach. I knew to ultimately, maximally, if that's even a word, serve people. I was serving them, but I knew what I had the power to do. Well, I don't even think I knew it, but I knew what I could hear. And I said, I told this story. And then I said, 
And then one day I was standing away, refusing to answer the phone, refusing to voice coach. And I heard a voice in my head, crystal clear that it was God. And he said, what are you doing? It was a question. What are you doing? And I, and I heard it a couple of times and I just kept sanding, right? And then I heard, I didn't put you down there to refinish furniture. You're good at it and that's great, but that's not your gift. And that's not what your purpose is. So I need you to stop and I need you to get back in the game. And I did. And from that moment on, I taught the way I teach today. Well, my teaching has morphed over the years. I have done years of research since then. I have developed psychology of the voice since then, but it all came from that hearing, from what I always could hear and what I always knew when I worked with people and I taught them technique and I, I played it safer, but I knew what I heard. And so in a very short amount of time, I developed psychology of the voice and all of it was researched, all of it, you know, every piece of it was researched. And while I had gotten results for my students before, now I was really getting results. The, the actors were landing more auditions and people were making more money and their relationships were changing and inner freedom was coming in and, and they were improving their voices before and they were feeling more confident before, but this was a whole nother level. And then I went to Texas to do that workshop and I, you know, I had never in the years prior to the, the furniture sanding, had gone into a workshop and had somebody rattle off a role play bit for me. And I went, oh, I get it. You moved down here because you fell in love with some girl and she broke your heart. Now you don't know what you want to do. You think you're going to move back to the East Coast, Maryland, I think, but you don't know because you really like it here. I had never verbalized that to that degree in front of a whole room of people. And he looked at me and he said, how did you know that? And then that led to 10 years of studying how sounds are being subconsciously processed. I knew immediately what I had done. I knew immediately that I could, exactly what I heard was exactly what was going on in his head and I could identify it. I looked around the room and I said, do you all hear that? Did you all hear what I heard? And they said, now we do they hadn't heard it before. And so I spent 10 years basically researching was what I was hearing true because I couldn't bear the thought of saying something that would in any way create harm for anyone. And I think that had really been the, the challenge when I was doing things that were more technical. Yeah, I was getting results. But, that, but this is a whole nother realm I'm working in now. I mean, now, now this is the secret weapon realm where I can tell you why they're not buying. I can tell you why they aren't connecting with you. I can tell you 
the exact reason. And then I could trace that back to a story. And, and that story sometimes had a driver and that driver left a habit and that driver was calling the shots and that driver had to be eradicated for you to get a maximum result beyond the technique that I could give you. Oh, I can give you technique for sure. But what I discovered is for it to stick, I have to transform you back to your original state of how you were intended, just like the furniture that I sanded and sanded and sanded and stripped away the layers. I stripped away the layers on that furniture and got it back to what it was meant to be. And when I look at drivers, when I look at stories, when I look at voice masks, it is no different. And I never quite put that together. I had already talked on this show about the work that I do and how I can, how I hear voice masks and barriers that people are hiding behind and the different voice masks and how they sound a little bit different and how I get rid of them and how I eradicate them and strip them away. And then I told her this story about how I walked away because of everything I just told you. And she said, do you realize what you just said? And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, that was the foreshadowing of the work you do today. That stripping away of furniture, of layers of paint on furniture is what you had to do to get to the core of who you had to be to serve people in the way you had to serve them. And now from that moment, you are able to come into people's lives and strip away all the layers from all the years, from all the things that were said that the subconscious globbed onto and created stories and drivers and habits around that keep people playing small, not exactly as they were intended to be, not as the best, most beautiful, original version of themselves. Just like how you got that furniture back to, you got it back to one, you get people back to one, Tracy. You strip away everything they don't need. And it, I, I, it blew my mind because I hadn't put that together. And I've had hundreds of people say to me, well, you give us stuff, but what you really do when you work with us is take away everything we don't need anymore. And I still hadn't made the connection. And that's why I love coaches. Now, this woman was not my coach, but, but coaches are here to see blind spots. And I hadn't made that connection but I was put here to teach psychology of the voice. I was put here to create it. I was given this ear to create it, to touch the lives of the people I need to touch. And when I put all that together, it became super easy for me to work from the place of, well, you've maybe heard me talk about the horse blinders. I've got the horse blinders on. I know the horses are next to me. I know they are. I smell them. I hear them. I feel their sweat flinging off their body but I've got my blinders on because this is what I'm here to do. And so if you have doubted using your voice the way that you feel like you're supposed to use it, if you have doubted saying 
the words that you need to say or speak up in the meeting. Now, obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm, keep this in perspective, right? This is not a permission slip to just go out there and start, you know, vomiting all over everybody with you. Oh, and you know what else I think? That's not at all what I'm saying here. I'm saying if you're not sharing your ideas, if you're not speaking up in meetings, if you're not getting live on video because of all this outside layers of paint and varnish and the way you think it has to be in order to be accepted or to be good or to be whatever, because that's what the other people are doing. Let the voice coach's story resonate with you. I'm a voice coach. And for the first five years of my career, I couldn't step into my own voice the way I do now. Yeah, I was teaching. Yeah, I was showing up. Yeah, I was changing people's lives. Not like this. Your way is the right way. What you know to be true may very well be the thing that you're avoiding and putting another coat of paint on, taking another course, putting another coat of paint on, getting another distraction, putting a layer of varnish on, another distraction, another excuse, another piece of resistance. And really what all you have to do, all you have to do is work from that place of what you know to be true. I knew I heard voices. I knew I knew another level, another layer. I just couldn't believe it was true. And I had no idea what people were going to think. And that was me deciding what people were thinking. So every single thing I teach comes out of my own experience or my own research from what I see sitting in front of me. But it's all about getting back to one. You got to get back to one. You got to get back to one because every single one of you has a unique message. Yeah, maybe there's 432 million voice coaches or business coaches or health coaches or cycle instructors or whatever. There's one of you. I don't even know how many voice coaches there are. Uh, Probably a million. Oh, yeah, I'm a voice coach. Yeah, I'm a voice coach. There's one me. There's one way of my hearing. There's one way of my education, of my research, of my experience, of my clients. There's one me. So put the horse blinders on. You can know that they're there, but focus on what is your one. How do we get you back to one? And when we get you back to one and sand and strip and take away the layers that are in your way, that are protecting you, or so you think, that is when everything will change. It changed for me overnight. Overnight. And I was already doing it. It just took it to a whole nother level. And that's what we do here. That's what psychology of the voice does. It takes things to a whole nother level. What are your layers? What needs to be stripped away, taken away, sanded away? What are you hiding behind? It's time to look at that because it's time to get to the best version of you. 
So you can really show up in a big way with inner freedom and confidence and where people can connect with you and resonate with you and are captivated by you. It is in you. It's just covered by a lot of layers that you really never needed, but somehow decided it was a good idea to put them in place. And that's because of your subconscious trying to protect you. Here is your memo. We can strip them away now. So think about that. What are you hiding behind? That's what I want you to think about. And I hope this story resonated with you. I love this story. And I, I'm so grateful for every story that I have. Every piece of my story where I went the wrong way and got back on track. I've never done it perfect. I'll assure you, I still don't. Okay. Make sure you sign up for the masterclass. I want to work with you later in August. I'll have the exact date soon. Or if you go to captivatetheroom.com forward slash masterclass, the dates may be up on that page. But that's it. I'm going to wrap it up. Till I see you next time, you know what to do. Get out there and speak your truth. Just do it beautifully. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. 